Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. What a week of pro football action. Sublime and shame the devil. I don't think you could find anyone who would admit previous to the kickoff of Sunday's games that they ever thought that playing football in the outdoors was a bad idea because they have now been humiliated by the football gods and Mother Nature and everyone else. Oh, it makes me absolutely swoon, and it makes me anxious for January to arrive because the outdoors are going to play a major factor in these playoffs. We've been saying that for some time. Let's talk about all the biggest stuff here. By the way, speaking of the big stuff, we're going to talk to Jeff Darlington, our man on the ground. He's in D.C., talking Mike Shanahan, RG3, this ridiculous, uh, I mean, pending divorce, I guess, but they continue to float the idea that they're trying to reconcile with one another, for the kids, I assume. Let's talk about it from NFL.com and uh, and NFL Fantasy Live. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. What a I, pleasure. I have a quick question. This I'm, I'm asking for a friend. Let's suppose that you were working, and mm-hmm. then you got a, a break during the day to go to the gym. And as you were done working out and you were showering, you realized that this person didn't pack a pair of uh, underpants. Hmm. Do you go, do you recycle or do you go commando? Again, asking for a friend. It's a rare, I mean, that's a weird question off of all the snow football games. I don't know why this comes up. I don't know why my friend was wanted to ask right now, but he just did. Depends. Adult. Where? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move along to a man who's back from New York City now. We missed him last week, but he's here. You know him, at Move the Sticks on Twitter. We love it when he pays us a visit in Studio 66. It's Daniel Jeremiah. What's the poop with you, fella? Well, I just kind of dozed off a little bit during that little discussion you had with Rank, and then the word commando kind of like shot me back up uh-huh. to stop here. I don't know what's going on with, with Rank right now, but let's Can just Can you just on. answer the question for a friend? <sighs> 
I just heard Commando. I'll be honest with you. I, I was sitting here just kind of daydreaming, you know, waiting for you guys to have your fun conversation. Hey, boss, how's it going? Oh, doing great. So I'm just kind of <laughs> sleepwalking through that whole deal. Then it gets to me, and, I'll, and before it can get to me, I hear the word Commando, and I figured we weren't talking about, you know, uh, kids' toys. All right. I want to talk about all these games. That's what I want to Thank talk you. about. And we're going to talk. We're going to do a little blacklist. This is when uh, Black Tie, the producer, but behind the glass. But just for my well-being, you are wearing underwear right now, right, Rank? <laughs> I was asking for a friend. Okay, good. Okay, but good. you know what? You are pants, though. Fully pants, at least. See, that's my rule in 66. No jive. And also, pants are optional, but shirts are not. I definitely want everybody keeping a shirt on at all times. We Fair don't want to see about that. And lastly... I don't know if I want him in Studio 66 today. Not after what happened on the banks of the Three Rivers. To my once proud, my uh, my my forged by steel, Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that could handle anyone when the elements came around in January. Now they lose at home to a team that wears turquoise pants. Here's their greatest fan, all the way from England, Handsome Mank. He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. I don't think we even needed the music. Hello, Hansel. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Well, it is what it is. Yeah. I think that's something Coach that's Tomlin all... would say. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. He'd move on after that. He'd be looking ahead to next week. But I don't want to. I want to dwell on it for, for I want to dwell on this part, that we are such we're, – we're so cynical that – Four seconds after the lateral play, the final play, the band is on the field, the Steelers finally, seemingly, successfully doing what myriad teams have attempted out of desperation. But the Steelers appeared to complete that, like the Cal Berkeley Bears, and then it goes away because Antonio Brown steps out of bounds. But for a moment, can't we stop and savor that that would have been? People are discussing already, is week 14 of the NFL, was that the greatest Sunday in NFL history and so on? Well, one thing that would have cinched it is that. Oh, true? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, objectively. Objectively. If that's how that game ended sure. with, with, Mar- with, with, uh, with Marcus Gilbert, the offensive lineman, a, a part of it, that didn't happen with Cal. Black tie sits near me um, in my office. I was having at that moment because I didn't have the. I had. I was watching Red Zone, but I had the sound off on the Dolphin Steelers game as it was happening live, and it wasn't. I don't think it was being shown on Red Zone. I had a proper, full-on meltdown, and all Black tie was doing was taking photos of me. Oh, <laughs> that seems mean. I actually was shooting a video. It's what started doing the whole Alabama game, which everyone obviously Shekers we discussed uh, yeah. talked about on the podcast. How everyone was faking like the reaction. So I was trying to get Hanks. I was actually trying to get a real reaction to what was going on at the time, and then they called it no touchdown. The range of emotions you must have gotten. Do you through. have that video? I have the video of you celebrating, yes. I have the video of you celebrating when well, it was ha- called No Touchdown. But you touchdown. don't have the video of it as I thought that it looked No, that, that I don't know. I was a little bit too late. It's not possible to do it in know, real accurate. time. We exactly. proved, therefore, that the Alabama thing was all fake. All fake. All right. Well, was listen. Was Roethlisberger, was his lateral... I don't know. People have dropped me a line, again, they, out of the name of, I don't know, what cynicism that they had to tell me that, you know, even if uh, that Antonio Brown hadn't stepped out, Roethlisberger's toss was a forward one. I don't know. It seems like one Did of those. Did they flag it? Was there a flag no, on the play? No, I think, I, and that's why I think they wouldn't have ultimately reversed it. I think it's one of those miracle in the, in mir- or whatever they called what the music city. Miracle. What that would one, they, there called? wasn't enough evidence to reverse it. That was my thought immediately was what would it have been called, that play? The Steelers' salvaged their dignity against the team in the turquoise pants. 
<laughs> That's catchy. I don't know. I like Maybe that, I mean, that would be a good place to start. Yep. DJ, there were many good games. The snow was glorious. I loved it. And by the way, shout out to Kamish Goodell. Pay attention because Shady McCoy pointed this out uh, to Kim Jones of the NFL Network. He said when you get hit, if you've ever played snow football, you know this, when you get knocked down in the snow, it doesn't hurt as much. For a league that's trying to figure out player safety, maybe snow is the panacea. Instead of everybody wringing their hands about snow at the Super Bowl, maybe we should all be embracing it. And who, by the way, doesn't want to see it snow now? After you see that, of course, you want it to be a foot of snow on the well, ground. I can think of one guy. <laughs> we'll talk what? about we'll no, talk about your I mean old Matthew pal. Stafford. Oh, yes, yes, what? yeah. He I, had a tough – I thought you were maybe talking about a guy where's number 18. Oh, no, 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 no. Why, no. no. why would I say that? No, because, yeah, he told you where to stick that already. <laughs> we'll talk about him maybe in a Did little bit. Did he mention rank by name? No, he didn't, unfortunately. That's what we were just uh, relishing <laughs> the fantasy that Peyton Manning would actually drop our names. Yeah, and, whoever and, wrote that narrative can shove that one where the sun don't shine. <laughs> can you can we can we uh, fix that up and just have just insert the name Adam Rank? Like, who else? That in, the in, in all honesty, who else could he be talking about? Because nobody in the world has the uh, has the um, the gravitas audacity? to step up audacity. There you go to question the great Peyton. No, Manning. I think he he's got it. He's got it. He knows people. who it is. Who? He just doesn't want to give us the. He just doesn't want to do it because it'll make us happy if he mentions us by name. Rank. He's not going to give us that. I, would, I wouldn't care if he did or not. Yeah. Well, that's the other point. We'll get into it. But just for the record, everybody, who drops me a line, and I assume rank two, there is not – I just have absolutely no rooting interest either way. The only thing that gives me one is everybody dropping me a line to tell me I'm a hater. <laughs> yeah. well, I care. So you if Peyton Manning one. wins the Super Bowl, <laughs> terrific. If he, wins yeah. the, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, terrific. I'm merely reporting what I see. This is, this is not – you know, I have a lot of far out – theories about things and i like to speculate this is just based purely this narrative is not fiction penned by f scott fitzgerald payton this, this is, is an autobiography that you have been penning for the last 17 years or whatever you're 9 and 13 when it's under 40 degrees that's not my story you wrote that one fella and the, this is the one thing that you actually do that's based in fact. True. Send them people get angry about it. No hey, wonder I like go, the record. You want to get a bite to eat? No, 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 Jeremiah, let's move along. Let's, let's even just talk NFC and the team that I think, I mean, most people think at this point, is the heavy favorite to get there from the NFC. How much concern with what you saw on Sunday in Candlestick, the Niners beating them narrowly, do you think now carries over into January, or is it moot? It doesn't matter. They're not going to. They're not going to play anywhere but at home. That's right. So That's exactly it, right. It doesn't matter. And that that team at home, uh, I, I don't really see anybody going through there. Now, look, we've seen. You know, look how great New Orleans looked against Carolina. Who we know Carolina is a really strong football team. Look how great New Orleans looked at home, and then look how bad they struggled up there at Seattle. I mean, the home field advantage. We've been talking about it on here all year long. The NFC home field advantage is mm-hmm. huge. And right now, it looks like it's going to go through Seattle. I don't see anybody going up there and getting them. One asterisk that stood out to me, and I can't remember if it was Heath Evans or if it was you or if it was Bucky Brooks or maybe some combination, but the uh, but but you guys have pointed this out to me, that the advantage that the Seahawks defenders, and specifically that the secondary, likes to likes to take is that they are not just physical on other teams' receivers, but that they play on the edge of handling guys beyond the five yards that they're allowed to do it in, and they basically dare the referees to keep dropping yellow flags play after play. The officials aren't are, are, are not motivated to just perpetually be turning the game into a, a penalty fest. So 
Jim Harbaugh clearly was in the ear of the officials. Is this now a template that now every other coach is going to follow? Because he, you know, it was successful for him on Sunday. He got the officials to start flagging those DBs for handling the receivers beyond five yards. Well, they got a couple calls, but I mean, when my takeaway from that game wasn't so much that. It's just that. Uh, we've seen Seattle in a couple games this year struggle to stop the run, uh, and, and I thought we saw that yesterday. I mean, the, the big run by Frank Gore, you know, won the game for him. He rushes for 110 yards. That was a difference. I mean, you look at the, you know, yeah, obviously those penalties factor into it, but again, Kaepernick threw for 175 yards. So to me, the, the weakness of this team kind of been on the ground as opposed, uh, you know, even with these the situation with Browner and the, the suspension, all that kind of stuff. I still think that's their their greatest vulnerability, not the referees calling holding down the field. I think it's uh, teams running the football against them. But again, when they get at home, you, all that noise, they get off the ball a little bit quicker. All of a sudden, you're in gaps and those creases don't exist that we see on the road quite as much. So that to me was the biggest takeaway. The 49ers kind of got their physical mojo back and, and they ran the ball really well. Yeah, if you remember, Tampa Bay went up to yes. Seattle and ran they, the ball. They actually with Mike get up James. there, yeah. You know what's interesting about that? It's something I said to Handsome when I first saw him because I'm a big man. You know, I, I, I looked him in the eyes and I congratulated him on his turquoise pants team's victory in Heinz Field. And the other thing is, I think that there are certain narratives. You talk about Peyton's narrative. Narratives that gain ahead of steam is when you get one or two and then five in a row. The Miami Dolphins are a young team that seems like they're building something good now all of a sudden. I think that's the Steelers are a flawed team. But still, to go into the snow and cold, now you've removed that as any excuse for the Dolphins that they can't go up there and win in the cold because that's an easy tag to put on those Southern teams, prove it. And it's, you know, I mean, they went on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You mentioned them. That went on not just for years. That went on for decades that they couldn't win up north. Now the Dolphins have taken that one away. Significant or no to you, handsome man? I think it's completely insignificant. I don't think, I think only the... Good most, speech though, Dave. Good uh, speech. Uh, well, Good only, only the laziest of journalists would, uh, would How say... How dare you? Oh, well, but, I mean, there, there's no proof I to didn't it. There's say nothing it. to it. There was... There may have been a proof. He's trying but, to compliment his team, and we're coming right at him. But, I love it. But, the, but this young team, they haven't had an opportunity to prove that they can't win in the cold or, or the other way around, and they, they did it yesterday. There's, there's no but one you that, understand my point. It's the other way. Point, is that it's now it's very, taken away. It's not it's, chicken or the egg. Now this is a team that probably, when they get together in the locker room, says, hey, look how we're tough now. We went into the snow, and that's one less thing we have to worry about. They, they won't I be. Just, I don't know that it works like that. Four-quarter drives. Well, I don't. I mean, listen. What do you mean you don't think it works that way? I don't think it works that How way. How many times? What have you ever heard any team in the last quarter century not say no one outside this locker room believes in us? That's the sort of rhetoric that these but guys will think, use. I don't think they turned up in Pittsburgh and go, oh, I don't know, guys. I'm not sure we can win in this cold. And then after oh, no. the game, like, hey, we won it's in the cold. What they it's... said, but did they think it? I, I think don't they think probably they did. did. I don't what, think they what did. What about before this game, Dave? If I said Roethlisberger throws for three forty nine, three touches, no picks. Uh, they lose that game against Miami at home in the snow. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's an, I don't need to get into that because the Steelers are essentially an irrelevant team at this point. But I will say as a side note, for the remainder of 2013, the, you know, the point is Roethlisberger has made some really apocalyptically atrocious turnovers, and he did again on Sunday. But he has had a dynamite year, and anyone who dares to say that he is not one of the five or six best quarterbacks doesn't watch the doesn't ever watch him play because he is the one can say, well, Antonio Brown's terrific and so on. But I mean, he deserves credit did for they, a banner year that he's but had. DJ, the reason, the reason, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they, they, they were they got down a few times, times or something. Yeah. They, um, he had gone back to back three games times, three sacks without sacks 
before this game. He had gone back-to-back games without sex for the first time in his career. And that leads me to something that you always talk about, about how he masks the shoddy offensive line play. The, the guy gets sacked like every – I mean, the guy just is – Takes not, a beating. Takes a beating. Takes a beating. And I, he just sorry, I got I to say this. For someone who gives Manning and a quarterback a lot of shame for not performing in a big game, you sure do give quarterbacks a lot of credit for performing in meaningless games. That was not a meaningless game. I mean, it's, it's, Once I mean, the final gun sounded, now it's meaningless. That was five and nine team, and you give him a lot of credit. Oh, he's in gangbusters all year, except that he's on a five-win team. Well, they're a flawed team. Now, listen. All right, that's fine. That's a, so be it. So be it. Who would I rather have in January? What you, that's what counts. What do you think his record would be in Denver? Yeah. Now listen. Enough. Well, hell, Black like, I mean, he's not, he's not flat, making it to January. Don't that's, flap your gums on no, this. Flap your gums about the blacklist. All right, guys, as Sheck said, probably one of the better Sundays that uh, in recent NFL history. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Week 14 slate of games? What jumped out to you the most? Is it, you know, the Niners win against the Seahawks? What, uh, what jumped out to you Number the most? Number one, and I'll start, with, I'll start with me because I'm not being a gentleman. I want to say this because I forecasted it, and I want to pat myself on the back. I said the Packers were still alive in the NFC North and that they were going to win it if they could just knock off the Falcons on Sunday, which they did. It was tight. They knocked them off, though, and now they're going to end up winning that division. The Lions have proven over the last month that they are not some infallible juggernaut. They're fine. They're not great. Meantime, assuming Aaron Rodgers comes back, those Packers are not going to lose again in the regular season. And if anybody... And I don't think anybody is going to go into Seattle. But if there's a team that scares me, with the minor concern being the 49ers as well, Aaron Rodgers with a hot hand for one 60-minute stretch and a defense that isn't altogether lousy in in, uh, in Green Bay. I just pray it doesn't happen because you've been calling for this for like six weeks. And if, if Green Bay does get in the playoffs and Green Bay does go into <laughs> Seattle and does win, I don't know that your lips will ever stay you know together why? for the rest of time. <laughs> you know what will be ba- you know why the Packers probably don't get to Seattle though is because the way it's going to shake out now is the Niners are going to be the five seed and the Panthers are going to be the six yeah. seed, so it would be one and done because yeah. the same. If, yeah. if we know anything, it's that the it's that the Niners have the Packers number, so it probably would be. Dave, but the the their schedules that are remaining, I would say the Lions have a, a favorable schedule. I agree with you, but we also I've been watching the Lions now, like I say, for the last month and, and with the well, exception of the in whipping snowstorm though. I mean Calvin Johnson is their most valuable player and he's two neutralized, games, neutralized back in, in back the, in the dome. Yeah. For two games, I'm not I'm not sure it's going to Reggie right, Bush, Reggie Bush doesn't play. You play in a snowstorm, you know, and- well, that should be troubling for any fan of a team, a guy who declares himself a mutter and he doesn't even make it out for the kickoff. <laughs> he gets hurt in the pregame. The snow fell on him wrong, and he got hurt from that. Do we our, all? Do we, the rest of us get a chance to answer? I our, was our trying takeaway? to. Please, DJ, well, take it me, away. To me, it's the Patriots. Uh, I mean, everybody. Obviously, the injury to Gronkowski is huge, and what does that mean going forward? I think there's a big focus on that. But just look, it, it, you know, we've always, I've always heard this the phrase. Winners win and losers lose, and it pertains to organizations and teams. Mm-hmm. And to be down by 10 points under two minutes to go, yet the Patriots still somehow miraculously find a way to win the game. And, and an organization like the Browns, where I worked, and I've seen so, so many of these hmm. miracle losses 
where you lose a game with that lead and that point in, in time, you know, a call goes against you, everything. It just seems like everything always kind of happens. It goes Patriots way and everything kind of happens, goes against the Browns. I thought that was interesting. Well, it's story funny to say that because on Thursday night, you see the Jags beat the Texans. Yep. And so they sweep the season series and basically they put themselves for good ahead of the Texans in the race for the higher draft pick. And I would make the point that, in fact, I made the point that ultimately a year from now, I mean, you know, by draft, by next year and maybe two years from now, the Texans really win. It's good. They win for losing that game. But Solomon Wilcots said, you're wrong, Dave, because it's good for an organization to get wins where you can get them because that creates something. Now, Handsome Hank dismissed me five minutes ago when I said that's good for the Dolphins to get a good road win in a snowy, nasty environment. He dismissed it. Which side do you come down on? No, I think I think that builds in your memory bank. Just learning it's good how, for learning the Browns to, to have won that game. Yes, the Browns needed, it would have been big for them to have won that game, and you know, to, a, a Patriots team on the road, uh, the whole deal. I mean, they, look, Hoyer was going to be their quarterback. He's not there. They trade their running back. Everything's kind of down. If you can say, okay, all these chips are down. We know we got a couple draft picks out ahead of us. We're eventually going to get the quarterback. Uh, situation hopefully resolved, and we can still go in and beat a team like the Patriots, who at that time is nine and three. That's a huge confidence builder for a young football team. And, and look, another game, you know, just like this, the Ravens. The Ravens have that that toughness that that you know, hey, it, it's still we're going to make one play. Doesn't oh, matter. Stop Do, it! That it, was ridiculous. No, it's what that was just flu. Those teams <laughs> followed those teams, by fluke. Those teams. Look, the, what the, you can say the you can say <laughs> know, what you want about the kick return. But the last drive where no. Flacco leads him down the field, right. they have so much experience. I agree of with winning you. those amazing. types of games. You just you, you, that that filed away in your memory. You, you kind of have the confidence to get it done. There was Boy, it was Joe. coming so fast and furious for that whatever that real time like ten or fifteen minutes. There was the you know the, the all all the stuff happening, all the, these games winding down simultaneously. Not enough credit to Joe Flacco for the touchdown throw he makes. I don't know Marlon the, Brown. I don't think free agent. I don't think Marlon Brown was inbounds. That's a side note. But I, I I think he was juggling the ball on the way to the ground. So he got like seven touchdowns or something like that Fine. as a rookie free agent. Terrific. Oh, or Joe Flacco. Terrific, but Flacco, but Flacco, that was a beautiful ball. You know, great oh, yeah. great touch on that to throw it right over the defender's hand. Just, Rank, how say you? Just won a Super Bowl and he gets no credit. I uh what about you know I do want to go back. Do we want to talk about the Patriots without Gronkowski? We'll get to that. A we'll do bit. some okay, more we'll on that. We'll get to that. All right, all right, all right. Uh, the most impressive thing over the weekend, of course, was the Los Angeles Kings sweaters. They broke out the Forum Blue on Saturday Day-day. night against, against the New York. And the ah. Islanders now play in their old school uniforms. I love it. So that looks cool. But I'm looking through this, and I'm thinking of a number of games, and I'm deciding. I thought Arizona was very impressive the way they beat St. Louis. But the thing that stood out the most to me was Nick Foles playing in that game in the snow, a Texas kid who went to school at Arizona, down by a ton. The way they rallied in the second half, he, he threw his first interception, which to me was a big thing about how he's going to react. What, what's going to happen the first time he throws that interception? How is he going to deal with adversity? And here he is down huge, throws a big pick, still rallies his team. And now it looks like the Eagles are going to go ahead and win the NFC East. I don't have any faith in the Cowboys matching that team. I, I, I don't see the Cowboys winning that game well it comes down to in all likelihood at least it likely comes down to no matter what really happens here is that week 17 game in big mm-hmm. d so are you going to go romo i mean again that's a narrative that exists because of the track record so is romo going to rise in this occasion maybe he will rank do we uh do we give Lashawn mccoy's 217 oh yards any uh absolutely any love there? you know what one of the 
Told you he's what the is, best. He 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 never. How about the gets cuts disgusting. he was making on that field? Yeah, that him, was sick, insane. Him and Jamal Charles, just yeah, right. Nobody talks. Everybody, it's all Adrian Peterson. It was fantastic the way he rallied or rallied back from his knee injury. Jamal Charles and Lashawn McCoy are two of the most impressive running, and they never. Get they get credit, the but they not die, enough. Nah, nah, yeah, they 20, don't get enough McCoy in my book. had 21 touchdowns he's two so, years ago. So it's amazing. It, hey, it, by the way, with the Cardinals, do you think that, I mean, look, the Panthers got it handed to them in the Dome, and I wonder about what it means week to week. Now now it's not just a quarterback league, but it's also an update league. So right. with the update of getting housed against your arch rival Saints, if they lose the rematch, is it possible that the Cardinals – Catch up to him and, and get can that can, uh, that sixth uh, six seed. I'm gonna beat your rank here. Can you do? You need to do a segment like one of those man on the street segments uh-huh. and just go. Are you a football fan? Yes. What's the Cardinals record? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I amazing. I bet you, you would get the. Uh, That's uh, an interesting they, four, idea. They won four games, five games. No, no. They're what? No, they're eight and five. What? Yeah. Nobody even knows they exist. And they're they, right there. They can catch. They can catch up. They've, they've beaten the Panthers already this season, so they would win the head to head. They would win the head to head matchup, but the Cardinals' schedule down the stretch goes Tennessee win, but then they have San Francisco and Seattle still. So at best, you would expect them to split. Best case scenario, they split against San Francisco and Seattle, so they go to ten and six. Is that going to be enough to match? So the Panthers have to win. Panthers have to win eleven games mm-hmm. if that happens. Um, all right, just to just to keep the pace going here, uh, Black Tie, go ahead. Well, if you want to chime in, go ahead, handsome. I've got one. You're a grown I, man; you can jump in. No, no, I want to forget talk about your my English moment of the of the weekend. I think, I I think if it. we're talking about changing the narrative, okay. The the narrative about snow games. There were five snow games that took place this weekend. The narrative about snow games is you know no points. I think up until now on of the, over the last sort of twenty years. Snow games average around 25 points. Suddenly you've got a record-setting weekend where there are 90 touchdowns in a weekend. Those snow games average 55 points. I think the, I mean, has, has the game changed so much that, that suddenly snow is easier to play in? No, probably not. I think we saw a remarkable weekend. And to go back to your point at the beginning of the podcast... Looking forward to the playoffs. We're going to see I more know, snow in January. Sudden. We're going to see a Super Bowl in, a, in an outright blizzard. And we can expect to see stuff like LaShawn McCoy was pulling off. And who knows? Kick returns, all that excitement. So, you wait, remember? the Colts will definitely play one dome home game. Is that And, and then maybe yeah. Dallas. Sorry. Maybe so, we're Dallas. not free of domes in January. I love it when it's outside. But do you remember yeah. when the Patriots played host to the Titans back in 2009. Oh, yeah, the doors off. 61 yeah. nothing. The AFL game, but it was snowing. Yeah. And the Patriots are wearing those red and it's uniforms. Octo- it was October. Yeah. And Tom I Brady mean, has no trouble playing on that stuff, by yeah. the way. Well, so, wow. well, so wait. Do you know any quarterbacks that do? Yes, <laughs> I do. I know one. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> he was not good yesterday. Yes, but Black Tie, before Darlington calls in. Yeah, what else? Before DJ leaves and before JD calls in. Get real in quick. as many as you can go. Real quick, as you guys were just saying, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Which teams, real quick, around the room, one team, which teams are best suited for a potential snowy Super Bowl? Well, Seattle. If you play, if you play hard hitting defense, and it hurts to. I mean, really, I know it's hard to 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 quantify versus like that guy threw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. But the physical toll, especially in the cold, the beating that it puts on you affects things. I say Seattle as as a result. I think that's the team that's best suited to it, and not the Broncos. And I think 
Uh, I would say I would say Seattle maybe Cincy too. too. Although you told me if if that's what Lashawn McCoy looks like every week playing say, in yeah. the snow, I might be tempted to how take right. Chip Kelly's offense how and Sean, we, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah, I don't see how we could ignore the Eagles after what they did. Well, they would and, be the three seed, and it could end up being the Cardinals, who they just beat a week ago. Or maybe it'll be the Panthers. It'll be a hard-hitting affair. But, yeah, I could see them outscoring either one of those teams. Dave, I think a team that's just learned it can win in the snow is the Miami Dolphins. I think they're, <laughs> yes. they're going to be they're going to draw all that, that experience yes. that, you know, in, in their heads now. They really before. believe we I, can I, win I can't in the win snow. for losing with you. If I say something <laughs> nice about your team that just beat my team, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Then 20 minutes later, you throw it in my face. <laughs> but, by the way, though, but, by the way, when you looked at the beginning of the season and you looked at the Dolphins schedule and you saw two, Late season roadies at the Jets, at the Steelers. Did you think like, oh yeah, we'll sweep both those? No, probably not. I'll say this, and it's just as important as who can do it. Again, I still have questions about Peyton. I definitely have questions about Romo. If it's freezing outside and he's on, in a road game, we'll find out. I Monday like San night. Francisco in it. I the New Orleans kinda, Saints. I, I do like Cincy in, in it. I do not believe in them in the snow. Cincy will be good in the snow. And by the way, they're very quietly right on the heels of the Patriots. There, they still might end up getting that two seed. Can I give you my stat of the week here, please? Mm-hmm. Stat of the week. So point differential. Denver plus 170, obviously leading their division. Indianapolis minus three. Still, Amazing, still huh? The division. Yeah, that team that. is that team's all of a sudden. And yes, and obviously they beat they beat Denver with Reggie Wayne and a different time and a different Bum place. division. Yeah, so maybe that Colts team is going to be real quick right. one and done. And, and the other team we don't ta- ever talk about is Cincinnati. I, mean, I just, just said Cincy. I mean, listen, this Andy Dalton thing—it's a fascinating thing that I and undefeated at home. In August, we, we you know I said this that the that the range of possibilities was greatest for the Bengals of any of the thirty two teams, and it's because of Andy Dalton. Really, we still don't know where this is, thing's going to wind up. I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting at the draft next spring talking about well, obviously the Bengals have to do something about the quarterback spot if they haven't already tried to get Jay Cutler or someone like that. On the other hand, if Andy Dalton puts together, if he especially if they can get that two seed. They're you know they're a game away from going to to Denver for the AFC title game, and is it impossible to think that a really good defense might go in there and beat Peyton Manning? I say no. I still am not sleeping on what I've been talking about for a full year now. The Bengals have a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Jersey. Cool story, Bo. Cool story. Uh, real quick before I call Jeff, before I get Jeff Johnson on the line here, we got this tweet. I, w- I want to throw it in there from at JCL five one three. He asks. Check and rank easier road through Denver or Foxborough considering Peyton's cold weather woes and Gronk's ACL. Hashtag DDFP. As always, if you want to contact the show, hashtag DDFP. Well, the correct answer is neither is that severe, really. I mean, they're ba- they're, they both come with significant challenges, but neither one seems that daunting until you consider the teams that are going to have to do it. The Dolphins, the Ravens. The I mean you know the 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 the, are, the Bengals look good to me but the Colts certainly don't look scary. How say you, handsome? Uh, the Chiefs are, are going to be in the mix as well. That's not that's not a terrible team. And they, I like they, them Chiefs yeah, putting go. it together. We haven't talked about them at all. You're so right. Everybody now has dismissed them, but you're absolutely correct. Usually I say, I think the cliche that when people say this, this is a big cliche is in sports is, it's tough to beat the same team three times. <laughs> you know what's way harder is after you've lost the first two to beat them the third time when it's already been told, that it's been made clear to you, oh, yeah, that team's better than you are. This is the exception, though, because if it's really cold out in Denver, I mean, listen, I know it's crazy and how dare I and you're, you're, you know, you're 
doing, you're saying terrible things about the wonderful Peyton Manning. I absolutely could see Jamal Charles having a big day on that defense, and I could see the Chiefs getting in right. and out of there with a trip to the Super Bowl. Alex Smith has, you know, shown he can He's step up in a playoff yeah. game, and yeah, I, I definitely think that's legitimate. Although I wouldn't draw much from yesterday's game. Uh, Redskins maybe less than inspired in that. Uh, I think a little bit less performance. How awesome was the wide shot of the stadium? Oh. Like not, my, my high school, not my awesome high school, if you're Dan Snyder. My high school has uh, shout out to Christian High School. They won the the CIF uh, championship down in San Diego. They're a small small school, under 500 students. They played up in a higher division, beat a bunch of huge schools. I guarantee you, they had more people at their championship game in San Diego high school football than were in that Redskins. <laughs> oh yeah, game. Angel. Yeah. There was nobody there for the CIF nope. finals at Angel Stadium. Oh, that was a lot better, yeah, I mean, a lot bigger. Because St. John Bosco and Modern Day, two powerhouses out here in Huntington, Huntington Beach High School, home nice. of the Oilers. There you go. All right, so answer the question, DJ. What is the tougher place to go through? Who would you? What would you? If you? If I, I could tell you play, right I now, I don't want to play. I don't want to play Tom Brady in with in a playoff game. What? No. So what your choice is you'd rather go to Mile High, with, which to, is I'd an rather, empirically better team this year, even though the head to head went yeah. to. I mean, I, no, I don't want to with the Patriots history. And, and Belichick and Brady, nah, I'll pass Side on note, that one. all the health uh, stuff, I legitimately, it's Wes Welker should just hang it up, right? I mean, it's it's bad. I mean, he's gotten he's gotten conked way too many times now, and I I, I really feel like, you know, I understand he wants to stay, stick around for a run at the Super Bowl, but it's too much already. He's taken too many really nasty hits over his career. I'd like to see him hang it up. Okay, last thing I'm gonna say. Shout, just shout, jamming shout, it shout, in shout, there, but I—that's I, I, how I feel. Last, last thing I gotta gotta run, but I'll just want to give one more quick shout out to uh, to Josh Gordon for the year he's having, and can only imagine a moron that would trade a guy like that in fantasy. Oh, football. look how he got the zinger, <laughs> and then he drops the mic and he walks out. What a creep! Who does you think you're doing, Dave? Who does he think he is to conduct himself wow. in that, that manner? Does he know wow. who he's talking to? Uh, Show yourself the oh, he's taking, he's he's giving out handshakes to everybody <laughs> in the room. High fives all oh, around. Congratulations! I haven't been kicked around enough the last few days. After the guys in the turquoise pants beat my team, I have to take that shot too. I have to hear about Josh Gordon again. Beat it. Who'd you? Who'd that you was that was rude. Who'd you trade him for? Levy and Bell. Okay. Well, at least it wasn't a homer. Trip. Well, well, he he had I, forty I, yards I, rushing yesterday. <laughs> that, that probably is, against, your, is your team still against, alive well, against listen, the Dolphins yes. who went into that game giving up the fifth most points to fantasy. My fantasy team, for the record, had a bye this past week, so it was moot. We shall see if Josh Gordon puts up another big game and Levy and Bell doesn't. Then I will have been wrong in doing this. However, the certainly trending that way, isn't it? Maybe, but we'll see. If Levy and Bell, all that matters is next week, and if Levy and Bell outplays Josh Gordon, the trade was worthwhile. True. You keep, you keep telling yourself that. I feel embarrassed about it. Why do I have to suffer all this? Why the verbal slings and arrows? This show isn't about me getting beaten up. It's about me beating up Peyton Manning and Tony Romo with the help of Adam Rank. I don't know where we got so far off the rails on that. <laughs> ridiculous already shame on all of you so dave have you done any um any holiday or christmas shopping yet of course yeah because um uh, my son uh aged age three nearly four uh has decided i think i've talked about this before has decided he wants to be a new york jets fan which is not 
not on the cards at all. It's a shame. Yeah, uh, it is a shame, and and I would probably kick him out of the house if it if it if it becomes official. I don't think that's. Are you talking about the team, the Jets, that that is one the up on the New Steelers Jets, right now? One up the on team the that Steelers, has Geno Smith the as their quarterback. Geno, I mean, there's no future in it for him. Anyway, <laughs> he mentioned to me the other night as I was putting him to bed. He said, "Hey, Daddy, I I, I want a New York Jets T-shirt for Christmas." Mm. And I, as a, a, a through a throwaway comment, I said, "You won't get one because Santa hates the Jets." <laughs> and I didn't think that <laughs> wow. was unfair. To say that, and and I thought that that'll that'll put pay to that that thing. Anyway, yesterday I don't know if it's fair, but it is a weird sort of emotional ploy, and I yeah. kind of like it. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I, anyway I, I told him that. I, I mean, I realize now that that wasn't a good thing because yesterday I got home from being at work on Sunday. What do you do today? Oh, I went. Uh, we were in the mall. I saw Santa, and I asked him why he hated the Jets. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> And so apparently Santa had no idea why this little boy was asking him why a little English boy was asking him why he hated the New York Jets. Wow. Um and so now I I, I have some serious um rebuilding to do. So what do, what do you do now? Because now he's now he's got that, you know, I don't know if it's a stain, but now when he sees Jets fans, he's going to feel sad for yes, them. Exactly. He's going to think there's something wrong with them. Exactly. I don't know. I don't quite know what I'm going to do and I know there'll be more questions for Santa as well coming down the line. So it's it's a tough one. I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. You bring the little scamp down here on a Sunday. Right. Have him hang out with a couple of the Jets fans who That's work true. here in the hopefully, building. Hopefully his <laughs> taste would be good enough that he'd <laughs> realize that actually that, that wouldn't be a fun thing to be. You, you Wait, that's him, the you, company I got to keep? Yeah, I'm him, out. You put <laughs> him, <laughs> you put him next to Hans Zeus for the, uh, for the afternoon, and that'll be that, cured that'll forever. Be, that'll be quite enough for him, I should think. He'll be wearing, right. Thank you very much, Adam, for, for the parenting advice. He'll be wearing turquoise pants by next week. <laughs> it's remarkable that Hans Zeus, who is has emerged, he is a New York guy. He loves the Jets, and yet he is one of those guys leading the charge of how dare you say boo about Peyton Manning? How dare you do this? And by the way, the the way that you win that argument, not win it, but the way you the the way you make your case is to say if you question whether or not Peyton can do it when it's cold outside and windy and snowy and everything else is to say when he plays well against Ryan Fitzpatrick's magical uh, Tennessee Titans team is to hold up the fact that uh, well Pe- Peyton Manning really stinks out in the cold doesn't he oh absolutely he <laughs> he yeah I didn't say he stinks I didn't say he should have not been drafted or anything I'm merely pointing out that he is now nine and thirteen. When it gets under forty degrees, that oh, is. Whoever wrote that narrative can shove that one where the sun don't well, shine. Whoa, you wrote whoa, it. You whoa. wrote it, Peyton. It's your autobiography. So I did not make gonna, it up, fella. He's going to self-inflict that wound. Yeah, I guess so. That'll be interesting to see him stick it where the sun don't shine. I don't even know what that means. All right, let's let's move off of Peyton and instead talk about Mike Shanahan, RG three, Dan Snyder, and those Miami Dolphins right now with our main man from NFL Network. Here he is, everybody. After I don't know how long. It's been way too long is the answer. It's, it's too long. Jeff Darlington. How are you, fellow? I'm doing much better now that I'm on the phone. With, I'm, the old, I'm the old ringer with you. Ah, what a pleasure. What a pleasure. How's our nation's capital right now? Cold, man. It's real cold. Uh, icicles on my, on my mirrors here, on my rental car. Just a rough life. Yeah. And, and 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 cold stares being issued by Mike Shanahan in the direction of the media. Have you caught any of those of late? No, no, no. I, I'm on good terms as far as I know with uh, with most of the the folks here uh, within the organization for now. So I try to really walk that line, Damachek. You know, just walk right down the middle. You know, smile at everybody on my way through. 
All right, let me ask you this, Darlington. Let me first uh, throw the question that the reporter, I'm not sure who it was, that really raised the ire of Shanahan at the press conference on Monday, yeah. which was who, you know, because Shanahan forwarded the premise that, hey, a lot of these players love me and, you know, I love these guys and we'll see what yeah. happens and all that sort of thing. The reporter said, who are these guys that love you? Who are these guys? And he said, why don't you go find out? Have you, as the reporter, are are is there any pro Shanahan sentiment in that locker room? Yeah, I would actually say that there is, and I mean, like, yeah, I would say that absolutely there is. I mean, last night, I I feel like too when a reporter asks that question, I mean, that, that I feel like I've seen that reporter in the locker room plenty of times, and uh, this is not to to condone his work, but I think that sometimes. Um, Maybe maybe we ask the questions, but we're not ever willing to believe the answer. Because, I mean, Arakpo last night in the locker room was saying he is 100% behind Mike Shanahan uh, and uh, defending the coach. Uh, Santana Moss doing the same thing. I, I mean, I feel like that there are plenty of players uh, quite vocally, actually, supporting Mike Shanahan through this. Now, um, I, I think that the only player that really anybody really cares about at this point is Robert Griffin III and what he thinks of Mike Shanahan, and we're not necessarily hearing um, the same defensive sentiments from him, but, but I would say that there is a decent contingent of players that are supporting Mike Shanahan at this point. Well, then the other side of that coin, because I've heard the whispers from people connected with the team and uh, with, with individual players saying that the opposite, that the, that the support for Shanahan is in fact great, like you say, and the question mark is RG3 with his teammates. Is there any evidence uh, that you've heard of, at least, that supports that maybe he's not the most popular guy? No, I mean, I think that we can certainly look towards some of the sentiments that have come from, from players throughout the past months that have brought that into question. But, um, you know, you've heard the sound bites from certain guys, on the, whether it be Santana Moss on the radio. Uh, but I think some of that is, is, is misinterpreted a little bit, too. Uh, you know, I, don't, I, I think that, that Robert is perfectly capable of being a, a very good leader of this team. And... Um, and just a year ago, we, we, we saw that, and it was validated with that seven-game win streak. I, I wonder if some of this is following, uh, mirroring the, exactly what we've seen from Cam Newton. You know, we saw the same thing from him the mm. first year, this exceptional player that turned into a guy who had a leadership question to a guy who maybe matured a little bit and then started to really come into his own as we're seeing right now. So. I'm not. Uh, I'm not so sure that we're not seeing the exact same thing happening with Robert Griffin III. Does anybody support him? You talk about all these players coming out and supporting Shanahan. Does anybody come out and say, "No, no, no, we got our quarterbacks back"? Yeah, I feel. I feel like people. It just depends on what the question is being asked. But I mean, you know, look, public and private sentiments are, are two very different things. But but publicly is all I can speak to at this point. Uh, because the people who are willing to put their names on it at this point are the people who matter. Uh, and, and those people are supporting Shanahan and are saying that they believe that, that Robert Griffin III can be the franchise quarterback for this organization. Now, the real question is whether that can happen simultaneously. And I think that that is where uh, you're going to get a much more unanimous uh, and clear, resounding no uh, as each day goes on here. My expectation is, and I'm not asking you what your opinion is because you're just reporting the facts, my my opinion is 
and it's not uh, a wild one, is that Mike Shanahan may not be coaching this team in 2014. That's that's a weird little hunch that I have in my belly. So, <laughs> so is it weird you know, to... I mean, how weird is it to be the reporter and to, and to have to shape questions in such a manner when it feels like all parties know exactly yeah. what's happening here? Everybody, the reporters know it, the coach knows it, yeah. the owner knows it, and the players all know it, and yet no one can actually directly address the situation. Well, here's the thing, Damachek, and this is, and you're right, I am the reporter here, and this is what I was talking about. You know, I was kind of joking at the beginning of saying I like to walk down the line. I, I really do. I mean, I, I like to just... to, to be very balanced and, and try to not steer uh, coverage to, to be swayed by my opinion. And a lot of times I really don't have much that <laughs> much of an opinion. Of, and I think that maybe helps me. But look, and here's what I'll say. If everybody knows it, why, why does anybody have to say it? I mean, you know it. Every, if everybody knows and understands what's going on here, I mean, we're all, we can all, do, do, I, do I really need to say it so that the person who is really unable to see it uh, gets it because if they don't get it, then I just find it. I, you know what it is? It's a fascinating charade to me. It really is. It's a big show that goes on and on. And I and, and here's I'm, where you have to be careful, Damachek, and you'll see this all the time. It's like okay, we under we all understand sort of what's going on here, right? We we all can we can we can see that you know that that it's a fluid situation. That Shanahan's job security is very much in the air. Okay, but do we ex- do we know exactly why Mike Shanahan got behind that podium and said uh, and, and why he's considering shelving Robert Griffin III? We can certainly come up with plenty of theories, mm-hmm. but that's where you get into dangerous territory when you start to assume that people are doing things uh, for for those reasons. We are in a very agenda driven industry. When we start taking the words, for instance, of anonymous agents and floating out uh, those types of those agendas. It gets us. It gets people into uh, into uh, you become mouthpieces, and and I'd rather not be a mouthpiece. You know, just let people like yourself be intelligent enough to also interpret. I mean, we're, it's not like we're curing cancer here. We're all capable of interpreting what's going on, but until we get actual facts, it's probably best to just let let things play out. You no. Know? But if you're sitting there and nobody wants to assume anything, why can't you just go out and ask Shanahan and be like, "Hey, do you and do you and Kirk Cousins go on Redfin and start looking for houses in Houston?" <laughs> <laughs> like that that seems like a fair question. If, if he says no, he says no, but at least, you know, you're asked you're not trying to interpret anything. I'm j- I just want to know if you decide if you well, wanted- that, those questions were all asked, but that would be a good one. Uh, well, no, I saw a good tweet at one point like what if a reporter asked uh, all right, Coach Shannon, say nothing, say nothing at all if you don't want to be the coach here next year. See? All right, well, let's get off of this one then and move on to those Miami Dolphins in the city in which you live. You covered that team for a long time, and then uh, we have Handsome Hank sitting in here, their greatest oh, fan yeah, here, too. Handsome Hank. God, what a beautiful man. Yeah, he re- well, you know, listen, there are a lot of handsome devils in this show. Dog. Yeah, strong jaw, you know. Nothing is that, compa- is that your favorite quality. Uh, I don't know if it is, but my, your style certainly outshines my strong jaw. 
Yeah, with your accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, it's a dead that. heat. Wow, it really is tough call for the ladies. The accented husky like Chris Reeve and Superman, <laughs> handsome Hank or Jeff Darlington. Yes, yeah. Well, handsome yeah. Hank every time. Yeah, he's a style handsome maven. Is that Jeff Darlington? He's he's sun baked from that South Beach uh, glow in the sky. All right. Well, what about this now? Let's talk about the Dolphins. And by your estimation, how is Joe Philbin? who is not certainly the stereotypical yeah. coach in the way that he, you know, he doesn't give rah-rah speeches. He doesn't cut that figure. How has he turned this thing around after what seemed like, well, this is the, we, we see the Redskins. They've just spiraled downward as things uh, got off the rails here. How have the Dolphins turned this one around? Well, you know, first of all, I, I understand that, that the narrative with the Dolphins, I'm guessing, uh, especially if they were to come out and beat the Patriots, is going to be, that the team in the face of adversity came together and, you know, conquered all. But look, I don't think that this team ever, I mean, I know that people are not going to believe this, but when the whole Richie Incognito Jonathan Martin thing went down, which is, I'm, I'm assuming what you talk, you're talking about when you say that things were spiraling downward. Mm-hmm. That is what I was getting at. <laughs> there isn't, there was never, the, the sentiment in the, in the locker room was, was, was always pretty unanimous. Which is? It wasn't divisive. It was that people supported Richie Incognito, and they weren't out to attack Jonathan Martin or two sides, but that they that they all they all felt like uh, that Richie should be a part of their team. So I mean, there was never like, and it wasn't like you know management was was necessarily vehemently you know disagreeing with that sentiment either. Uh, they now they suspended him because of the voicemail, and that has been obviously a point of contention, uh, and it will continue to be until we get the Ted Wells investigation and find out where this goes from here. But internally, I don't think that there were a lot of players in there that were looking at Joe Philbin saying, in fact, I know this, they weren't looking at Joe Philbin and saying, we can't believe that you suspended Richie over this. Like They, they, uh, they, they understood this, that it was such a, a wild, wacky situation with the way the voicemail came out and all of that, they saw it, um, but they also understood the complexities of the deal, and they weren't going to, you know, blame Joe Philbin over it. It just, it just wasn't a divisive uh, situation within that locker room. And I'm telling you, it just was not divisive. Jeff, in the uh, in the um, press conference that the owner Stephen Ross held immediately prior to that Monday night game against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, the the sentiment I think that was taken away from that was that he was fully behind Joe Philbin, but there were question marks around the general manager. Has has that changed at all? Do you think, or or um, you know, certainly a popular thing amongst Dolphins fans is is that he kind of is going to be the scapegoat for all of this, and I think has been made a scapegoat for a lot of things that have happened before that. Well, you know, I I still think that this is one of those deals where um, the, I've, ne- I've I've really never covered, quite honestly, a story that was so fluid and was it, it, it continues to be so fluid uh and and such an outrageous story that it was causing fast triggers on some of the decisions that were made and i would actually argue that that press conference is one of those fast trigger uh situations i mean stephen ross came out in that press conference and said we're going to put together a committee to come up with a new code of conduct before he ever even knew if there was anything specifically wrong with the current code of conduct. I mean, he was still basing all of that on that one voicemail, and, and you know, we've still not seen any evidence into bullying other than uh, the, the voicemail 
uh, to this point. We still haven't seen what other accusations or proof is out there. Now, that will come with due time uh, in that investigation. But when you consider, for instance, um, that element of that news conference, it makes it difficult for me to accept any anything else that Ross said in that press conference because I felt like it was all premature at that point. Even Ross didn't have full grasp of the situation. So, look, I get the Jeff Ireland. I mean, what happens if 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 this Ted Wells investigation comes out and and you know ultimately shows some wrongdoing by Incognito, but not enough that that it deserves to cost the general manager the job? I mean, I think that's certainly very possible. Uh, at this point, considering that even Richie Incognito's future with the team yep. is not yet. But it isn't isn't there a sense that I mean he's damned if, if uh, one way or another he's 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 the one that's in the trouble because he drafted Jonathan Martin. So some of the things well, that are potentially weaknesses in Martin should have been seen at the get go. Yeah, and that that is a major uh, um, the major point. I, I agree with you because look, you as a general manager. You put now. This, these are facts. You put a guy uh, who is who has anger management issues, who takes medicine for those anger management issues, who is the son of a truck driving Vietnam hard nosed Vietnam veteran. Uh, you know, a guy who who told Richie Incognito all his life, "You don't take crap from anybody," right? You put him as the mentor to a guy who's the son of two uh, Harvard graduates, a Stanford grad. You know, a much more sort of quiet type of guy. You put those in those people in that mentor-mentee relationship. Now, yeah, I would say that that was probably ill-advised. Uh, is is it worthy of costing him his job? Uh, I don't know that any general manager could have forecasted, even knowing what I just told you, uh, what could have what could have transpired. Uh, but but again. You know, if if it comes out in that Ted Wells investigation that very clearly Jonathan Martin was uh, the victim of harassment in the workplace, then again, we're back to talking about that, yes, perhaps Jeff Ireland does not deserve to be in the position he's in. Well, between the words narrative and fluid, these are hot button words for uh, for this uh, NFL week here. And uh, it is right yeah. these two stories, man. You you, you employed them stories. both powerfully, Jeff Darlington. I hope you'll be here in L.A. at some point before the Super Bowl. But if not, oh, the time we're going to have in New York City. You may oh, or may boy. not. Handsome Hank and I have a little dinner club that we do. We go. We've traveled across these United States and sampled food in New Orleans and Austin and beyond. We we look wow. forward to having a meal with you in Manhattan somewhere. Do you get do you get a private room because of all the women that flock to, to handsome Henry? <laughs> handsome Hank. The mind reels at the thought of handsome Hank and Daniel Jeremiah and Jeff Darlington oh, at one what a table. Good that is. Oh, it's it's Damn, too man. much for me to even conjure. One last thing, and then you go into the uh, Washington D.C. night. Just uh, just hypothetically, what if a father? was a fan of a rival of the New York Jets, but his little boy, who doesn't know any better, decides to be a Jets fan. Is it wrong for that father to tell that boy that Santa Claus hates the Jets? That, I, I, that just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, good, we have an interesting subject to discuss at that dinner in New York City because the person who did that was Handsome Hank. Handsome Hank? 
He's like, I could have seen it. I'm a bad person. He's I like, I could have seen that. You, you, like, Hold on, you told your son that there's no Santa? Wait, no, I told, told him that Santa hates the hey, Jets. Hey, spoiler alert. <laughs> Children, listen to this podcast. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so confused. Hold on a second. Handsome Hank, don't do that to your poor child. Santa does not hate the Jets. Wait. Don't, well, don't do wow. Somebody does. Know. Some higher power must. Man, and when Handsome Hank says it in the English accent, it's real believable, too. Everything he says is believable. What a, what a, you know, I don't know what to tell you. All right, Darlington, come pay us a visit out here on the West Coast, and if not, like I say, we'll see you in a little less than eight weeks' time. Have a good time in D.C., fella. lovely. There he goes. The great Jeff Darlington, and truly a a swell fella as well as a nifty reporter. And we'll wrap it up there. I feel like we could go on for at least another hour. I feel like we've barely skimmed the surface of these glorious snowy games. Can we do the rank list real quick? What's the rank list? I have a quick question based on that because I know Jeff's got to deal with facts. More likely to be the the Houston Texans coach-quarterback combination next year. Shanahan, Kirk Cousins, Kevin (laughs) Sundlin, RG3. <laughs> in Houston. In Houston. Well, I mean, couldn't it be Johnny Football and Kevin Sumlin? Oh, Doesn't gosh, that one yeah. make a lot mm-hmm. of sense? Well, no, no, not Sumlin. Well, Kyle Shanahan and Rex Grossman. <laughs> it's a fun game. And where does Lane Kiffin fit into all of it? Oh. And I was also thinking the Jets' win on Sunday kind of ruins it for at least for a week because it's an update league. But wouldn't it be a nice – it's an easy trip for the two guys. Shanahan goes to the Jets – Ryan goes to the Redskins, done and done, nice and easy. Except again, I want to figure out a place for Lane Kiffin because I really want him. I want him in my orbit. I don't want him right, out. He's yeah. one of those guys. What if he becomes the offensive <laughs> coordinator at Florida? Is that good enough? Nah, Chaz Weiss vanished when he did that, he, and now he's in Kansas. It's unsatisfying. I want him on the big stage where when he goes down, it validates my longstanding opinion of that guy. You see? Fair enough. Same thing. And you know what? Again. We'll finish up where we left off. Am I rooting against Peyton Manning? No. But have his fans made me now kind of somewhere in on the dark side of me? Has it has it made me kind of want to be validated because all those people call me an imbecile right. and tell me to stick it where the sun don't shine? Mm-hmm. Peyton and his fans. Want to play it one more time, Black Tie? Uh, whoever wrote that narrative can shove that one where the sun don't shine. All right. It's in there, Peyton. Consider it shoved in there, and it will come back out in seven weeks' time. Deal? Deal. All right. The great Jeff Darlington, black tie, handsome Hank. What a thrill to talk some Dolphins football. With Wasn't that with Jeff Darlington? Yeah, pretty neat yeah. stuff. Yeah, high watermark for you. Daniel Jeremiah. And, of course, Adam Rank will be back with more Huey and Applesauce later in the week. In the meantime, though, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. 
Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. 